there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for Coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or 10 minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career double shot K-Cup with my guest, Dr. Cal Newport. I know you've got four rules in deep work. What was one? And then could you take us through the different steps and the different rules? Right. So rule one was called work deeply. And this is about how you actually structure your workday, be it what you do as a student or what you do in the job market, how you actually structure your workday to be more supportive of deep work. So it's how do you actually build a workday around concentration being an important part of the day. And some of the big ideas from this step is that, first of all, you want to pre-schedule when you're going to do highly concentrated work. Don't just uh, wait until you feel like you're in the mood for it because, spoiler alert, that's going to be basically never. I often suggest scheduling it on your calendar like you would a doctor's appointment or a meeting. So once it's on there, just like a doctor's appointment or a meeting, you will protect that time if something else comes up and tries to take it. So if someone says, oh, can you come join our study group Tuesday at three, but you already have two to four blocked off to, to work deeply on something, you can say, oh, I have something from two to four. You could do it another time. Another idea that comes out of that step is that people who are very good at deep work tend to have rituals that they conduct right before they start deep work sessions just to help their mind slip into that mindset that we're doing concentration now, not distraction. And it can be as simple as you walk a certain route or you go to a particular location. When I was at Dartmouth College, there was a particular library, the Dana Biomedical Library, that had these old-fashioned stacks where the floors were concrete and it was metal bookshelves and hidden in the bowels of the, each of these aisles of books, they had individual desks with one bright incandescent light over it. And so for me, Going to Dana Biomedical Library to one of those hidden monastic desks was my ritual to tell my mind as a college student, okay, it's time to think hard. So that's the work deeply. Embrace boredom we talked about. And the bigger idea with the embrace boredom step is that deep work is a skill and not a habit. And this is something that's really important. A lot of people think that deep work is a habit, like flossing their teeth. Mm-hmm. something they know how to do. It's just they need to make more time to do it. That's not at all the case. It's actually more like playing the guitar. It's a skill that if you don't practice, you should not expect to be good at. And so you really have to put in a lot of work to practice, especially for college students, because I work with a lot of college students. If you just decide tomorrow, I want to go work deeply. I want to concentrate hard for four hours with no distractions. You might have a very hard time succeeding with that if you haven't been preparing your mind for that effort. And so that step is all about different things you can do to prepare yourself. So embracing boredom more frequently in your life, taking social media off your phone. This is one thing you can do to help prepare your brain. But I also work with students to do and young adults to do active exercises where they actually use intervals, 20 minutes with a timer going. I'm going to concentrate intensely without glancing at a single inbox web browser or phone. If I can make it through 20 minutes and keep my concentration high, if I can do that regularly, I'm going to add 10 minutes to that interval. And so maybe every week or so, you're increasing the interval with which you do this training. So you can actually actively push your ability to work deeply. 
Then the third step was called quit social media. And this is where I really recommend that people take a very careful cost-benefit analysis of all the different tools they have in their life that are trying to grab their time and attention. If you have something on your phone or on your computer that is produced by a company that makes more money, the more time you spend looking at it, be very, very careful about whether or not you use it and what rules you use to use it. Because it's again, it's like cigarettes for an athlete. If you're going to succeed in a cognitive economy, you have to have a lot of respect for your brain, for your ability to concentrate, for your ability to recharge. And those things can be dangerous. And then the final rule is called drain the shallows. And it's a lot of advice for people in the working world on how to make sure that the non-deep responsibilities they have, like answering emails or going to meetings, doesn't take over so much time that nothing is left for you to think deeply. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.